Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening and welcome to the Cover One Roundup Podcast. I am your usual host, David Fox. With me, as always, is uber hansen who is fresh off of a wonderful trip to landover maryland where he got to see (laughs) the bills absolutely dominate and crush and annihilate the washington commanders as the rest of us did from our uh viewing screens from wherever we watched our our game um what a game what a fun game what a nice afternoon of football for bills fans it is a nice feeling to just have a an easy an easy one o'clock game is exactly what i want every time i watch football it is so much easier than oh hey let's play this incredibly difficult opponent on a prime time game so i can you know pinch my butthole for three and a half hours and then write a recap at one in the morning that's great as i love that yeah <laughs> Um, we're, we're a minute. We're a minute in, a and minute you already in, said pinch my butt. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're a minute in. That's where I'm at right now. Um, but, uh, welcome to the Cover One Roundup. If you're not sure what the show is about, uh, that was a pretty solid like intro. It's a pretty good primer for what the show is like. Um, but we are here to discuss the Bills win over the commanders and also talk a little bit about uh the dolphins game next week but first we have a number of things that we have to take care of first not the least of which is one of our lovely and beautiful sponsors and that is underdog fantasy folks if the one league that you're in and maybe it's one, maybe it's more. I'm in six leagues for some godforsaken reason. Um, and let me tell you something, it's more than enough. But if it's not enough for you, whatever how many leagues you're in, let me tell you, Underdog Fantasy is the place for you. Because this is the best place for live fantasy sports you can have. All the fun of drafting your own players, but without the waivers and lineup decisions. All the best ball drafts allow you to have all the fun of drafting your team, all the chances to win big, and none of the week-to-week hassle. If you use the promo code COVER1, that's the number one, when signing up to make your first deposit, Underdog will match that deposit up to $100. That is a free $100 US in free play if you use promo code COVER1. Sign up today. Start winning today. And we are also... Very thankful to uh, you, the lovely listeners, and in particular, those who are our Cover One, uh, One Pass subscribers. And for more on that, we will turn to our lovely uh, comrades at Cover One, Aaron and Greg. Many people ask us the best way to support us here at Cover One, and that is to sign up to become a Cover One, One Pass member. That contribution helps give us the access to all the data and information we use to create the content that you love. 
and I think most importantly brings you into our community of insiders. It's a great community based on Slack. I know a lot of people don't want to be on social media anymore or be in on those conversations. We bring all of it to you right in our great community of educated fans. And most importantly, you get access to our content creators. Even better than that, everybody loves merch. You get awesome t-shirts, a cool decal, and a letter from the Cover One team signed directly to you. All for $60. That gets you the entire season, next year's free agency and draft. 60 bucks. Click the link in the description. Cover One Insider. Become one today. Thank you to all of our One Pass subscribers. You all are fantastic. We appreciate every single one of you doing wonderful stuff uh with that like they said you know great community great group of people really appreciate all that all right let's just jump right into it because there's a lot of stuff we could talk about with this game um but let's start where everyone probably wants to start and that is on the defensive side because they (laughs) annihilated them on what felt like every drive i mean like Washington had a couple of plays here and there because they have some good players, uh, especially at the skill position, right? We're with Brian Robson. Brian Robson has some good runs, and he's a tough guy um, to bring down. Terry McLaurin's going to have some of his plays. Curtis Samuel had a big catch. Uh, Jahan, I don't think I even saw anything from Jahan Dotson, although he is a good player. Um, but overall, I mean, it was just a thrumming from the Bills defense just week in and week out it we get we got one week one week I've had a glass and a half of wine don't don't mind me um but it was it was just it was a great defensive performance I I even said on the pregame show with uh, the air raid hour I my hot take was five sacks two turnovers for the Bills defense. And apparently that was underselling it. I really didn't think that it was going to get to nine sacks and four interceptions. I, I really thought that the 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 commander's offense was going to do something. I wasn't expecting a, a virtual shutout. And by the way, let me just, before we actually get to the defense, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant on Ron Rivera for a second here. You absolute coward. You <laughs> sore loser. You're going to kick a field goal with less than a minute left down 37 points just to avoid having a shutout on your resume. You coward, you simpleton, you little sore loser man. How dare you even try to do that? Uh, unbelievable. I mean, what what kind of person does that? I, I, that? That is insane to me. Meanwhile, Mike McDaniel is scoring 70 <laughs> points against the Broncos, and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to kick the field goal here. That's a little much. I don't, I'm not here to chase a record. We've scored 70 points. We're good. Brian Rivera's like, no, 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 no. I got to protect my dignity, and I got to kick a field goal, even though it means absolutely nothing. Ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, completely, you know, Definitely cowardly without a doubt. Like, and also I don't think that's a good thing for his locker room, right? That's that can't be a good thing to tell your team. Like, Hey, you know, we're going to kick the field goal just to get the three points on the board. Like leave Sam Howell out there, try to get a little bit of confidence in him. See if he can't throw a dagger into the end zone. And maybe you can leave there with, if you leave there with a touchdown, it's a whole different conversation. You have have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, both of whom can go up and grab the ball at a high point. But 
No, we're going to see if Joey Sly can kick a 50-yard field goal, even though he's done it a thousand times in his career. I don't know if it's actually a thousand times, but he's kicked a lot of 50-yard field goals. Like, come on. What are we doing here, Ron? Mr. Three winning seasons in 13 seasons, Ron Rivera, or however long he's been coaching. Ridiculous. And his, his nickname is Riverboat Ron. Like, he's supposed to be this guy that's always shooting his shots he, everywhere he goes. And he then only settle for earned, a field goal. He only earned that nickname because in, like, 2012, when he was on the verge <laughs> of losing his job, he was like, screw it. I'm just going to go for fourth downs. Why not? If I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to go out swinging. And they started converting. And everyone's like, oh, it's Riverboat Ron. And then after that, I was like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to stick with, with what I what I usually enjoy doing ridiculous yeah. it's such a ridiculous thing it genuinely made me upset because actually what this what this game sort of but not entirely reminded me of was from a couple years ago when the bills played the dolphins in miami and tua got knocked out early uh then they bring in jacoby Brissett, and i think they had like 10 11 sacks or maybe even nine Sacks, I can't quite remember. It was a lot of sacks and a very defensive heavy performance. But, um, you know, it, it, it was very similar to that. And they end up, I think they end up shutting out the Dolphins in that game. And then the next week they shut out the Texans. It was like two straight shutouts for this defense. Of course, you know, now you get to say, oh, well, was it really a shutout? It was. I, I, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't care what happened at the end of that. That's a shutout in my mind. Um, it's just a ridiculous thing. I had to get that off my chest. I apologize. One wild wild thing about it, and I wonder, like, let's say it was a literal shutout, right? There was a zero on that scoreboard at the end of the game. I wonder if we'd see a little bit of a different narrative from the national media today. So I had to drive six hours back from Maryland today. All I did was listen to sports radio. That's all I did all day. Mm. they didn't talk about the Bills basically at all. Like anytime they mentioned the Bills, it was just, you know, Sam Howell had a bad game. Yeah, hell yeah, Sam Howell had a bad game. I mean, what the hell? He had one of the worst games because of the Bills defense. Yeah. I, it was it was weird though. Like, look, I get the Dolphins scoring 70 points is that's a stupid. Like, I I don't think I would Insane. ever see that. And uh, but the Bills having nine sacks and forcing five turnovers in a game, that's about as dominant on defense as you can be at an away stadium, too. Like the Bills defense played basically as good as they could have. And the national media is just essentially like, ah, you know, yeah, the Bills are beating the commanders and the Raiders handedly. But what does that mean? And it's like, you don't hear that for the other teams. But that's just my Bills soapbox, I guess. That's fair. Um, get to some of these comments right now. Uh, Jordan Porter's driver, devastating defense, no position looked weak. I kind of agree with that, honestly. Yeah. That was, it, it felt like every single defensive line dominated with sacks. Linebackers, obviously, you know, Eric Bieniemy made a point of singling out Matt Milano earlier in his press conference that week, and lo and behold, it's Terrell Bernard who had like the game of his life with an interception, a couple of tackles for loss, and a couple of sacks. If he does, if he's not the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, I don't know who is. Um, just a phenomenal performance. Uh, Roy Collins says Sam Howell looked lost and overwhelmed. I mean, that that's what McDermott does to young quarterbacks he just finds a way to get them to think more than play and that was no more obvious than it was with sam howell on that day uh rj melfield that's worse than going behind mckissick agents back and have him back out of the bills contract i'll just forget about that i'll just forget about that storyline 
that that was part of this whole thing. <laughs> and like, and Brandon Bean really made a point of that when they, when they talked about that in that off season, which is like, yeah, we're, we're like, yeah, the agent is going to do whatever he wants to do, whatever. But like, as a team, you can't do that. So uh, we're going to remember that in the future, which is just like, that's, that's a very aggressive thing for a general manager to say in a press conference. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, let's see. Da, 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 what else we got here? Oh, Kyle Slaggy, former co-host of the round of, Hey, that led to drafting Jimbo though. He's not wrong. He's, he's not wrong. And James Cook, that close to back-to-back 100-yard rushing games and almost had a touchdown <laughs> in that last drive, which is a shame they didn't finish it off with him. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so let's talk let, – we're going to circle back to the original point of this, um, <laughs> which is the Bills defense. Bills defense was so good, and it's so fun watching this Sean McDermott defense play – football because the way that they are attacking teams the way that they are playing this game is so aggressive it's fun it's creative you have all these different looks and again and if you look at what the bills are doing they're not like blitzing on a high basis in fact i think it was one of uh ben baldwin's charts that he put out today was a basically like percentage of how many downs you're blitzing versus your actual success rate in creating sacks out of those blitzes and the bills are very low in blitz percentage but very high in success rate for blitz percentage so that's exactly what you want right is and 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 what's funny is like even though they're not blitzing a ton they are playing a lot of games up front where it's not just a simple four man rush with your front four defensive line. They're bringing a lot of simulated pressures. They're bringing a lot of creepers and playing those sorts of games that you want to see in order to just rush four. like that. That's what you want. If you're going to be this sort of like, you know, rush for play with seven in, in the back coverage, then play the games like like do this sort of stuff run different stunts run uh you know creepers simulate pressures all that sort of stuff it's a it makes things really difficult for an offensive line to pick up all these different things that are happening at the same time and it was difficult for Sam Howell to do that i mean eric pointed this out earlier in the week that like Sam Howell holds on to the ball too long and th- the commanders have a high pressure rate on third down on offense just through his first couple of weeks. So get into those different looks, have him hold on to the ball as long as he can, because after a certain point, guys like Rousseau and Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones and Leonard Floyd, they're going to win those matchups. If you give them enough time, even, even if you don't give them enough time, they're going to win their matchups. It's it's, this is what, and that's what happens when that happens. You get nine sacks and you get a ton of pressures and you get a, bunch of turnovers this is like they game planned perfectly for this offense and for an offense that had a reasonable amount of success in weeks one and two with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is extremely impressive performance by the defense. Yeah, and and I think, you know, you talked about the creepers and the all, all the different looks that Sean McDermott essentially sh- shows on any given week against a young, inexperienced quarterback that's only going to do more damage to them. The entire game, Sean McDermott was setting his defense up to basically give Sam Howell these windows that he thought existed that would just shut so quick, and that's where you get the picks. That's where that first Terrell Bernard interception, he's just slowly dropping back, dropping back. Howell thinks he has a guy open. You know, Bernard goes up and makes an incredible play. And then you add to that the fact that the Bills can now win up front in one-on-one and sometimes two-on-one battles. Like, Ed Oliver just continues to dominate week after week it's been three straight weeks of dominance for him and he's just beating the snot out of whoever's in front of him while on the edge Groot's playing well Leonard Floyd's playing well hell AJ Epines is playing well like this was the about a complete of a game as you could see from a defense because they won in the trenches they won with their linebackers and their secondary played basically lights out from the majority of the game like I, I don't really think there's something I would look to from the defensive side and say, yeah, they did that pretty poorly. I mean, there was a couple balls that, you know, Hal delivered. He's got a good arm. His, his wide yeah. receivers made a couple good plays. Um, you know, the, their run defense wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't <sighs> bad. Like I, I can't complain too much. I'm just like trying to nitpick now when you win, you know, 37 to three or the zero, whatever we want to say it is, um, you know, that, that defense played, it was, it, it was, watching it live was even better too, because it was just pure dominance from the jump. Yeah, it was really just, I mean, yeah, Washington got a couple of plays on that first drive and it really sort of not entirely, but it sort of felt like the Raiders game last week or that first drive, they just went right down the field. Um, and then Terrell Bernard just makes a beautiful play on the ball I mean that that really is a phenomenal play for a middle linebacker to make you see that sort of former safety skill set coming into play there where like you know I think Greg and Aaron mentioned this on the post game show where like if that's Tremaine Edmonds he's probably tipping that ball as opposed mm-hmm. to intercepting that ball and like that's fine and, and a, a tipped pass is not a bad thing especially in that situation, but like turn the ball over, right? <laughs> like that's what you're here yeah. to do. And, and Terrell Bernard has been making great plays for the last couple of weeks. And it's, it's really amazing how this pick when it was made. And I was absolutely one of these people who was like, why on earth did you draft an undersized linebacker from the big 12? Like <laughs> this doesn't make any sense in the third round. Like, why are you doing this? Um, and through the first couple of weeks, I mean, this has been a phenomenal return 
for for Terrell Bernard and especially letting Tremaine Edmonds walk for what he did. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds got paid, and in my opinion, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. But you kind of look at where Chicago is right now as an absolute tire fire, which is obviously not like the fault of Tremaine Edmonds. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But like that, th- I, I kind of say this about some other players of like, you know, let another team make that mistake. You know, it's a nice idea, but let someone else make that mistake. I don't think Jermaine Emmons falls under that category, but mm-hmm. I think it's also clear that the Bills felt confident in Terrell Bernard for a reason, and th- they went into training camp saying, like, he's going to compete with Tyrell Dotson, and he's going to compete with some of these other guys, but we want Terrell Bernard to be this yeah. guy. And even though he missed most of training camp and the entire preseason with a hamstring injury, they still said, yeah, he's going to be the week one starter. It's, yeah, uh, and, that, that, that tells you exactly what they thought about Terrell Bernard coming out. Yeah, and, and he's he's only going to get better, and that's what his teammates keep saying, too. They're saying he's starting to kind of ooze confidence. He's starting to communicate better. He's starting to play better with the team, and that's something that he really hasn't done is played on a week-by-week basis where he can mesh fully with Milano and Poyer and Hyde and these guys, and you're starting to see that build and throughout the season it should continue to build that's not to say he's not going to have the occasional hiccup here or there like he's pr- he'll probably get beat for a touchdown at some point and i guarantee you there's going to be some bills fans on twitter saying i knew bernard sucked all along he freaking stinks if, if and there's just- someone if there's someone who is out who is like a terrell bernard truther from day one i want to find that person seriously <laughs> I, I mean i will say so when the bills drafted him i did think i was like okay it's milan backup that's fine we Mm -hmm. need a backup linebacker I didn't really I thought maybe he could meld into a middle linebacker but he's he's just small he he looks small I wrote a piece on him you um, did I remember this offseason yeah and I will say I went back and read it because I was like I I couldn't fully remember what I said and Mm -hmm. in it I actually do say I'm like it's basically a long shot that he'll ever be a middle linebacker but I can Mm -hmm. see in other ways he's valuable I was wrong about that like he has just that instinctual skill set. He he just he plays like Matt Milano. So the Bills essentially have two Matt Milanos on the field, and I'll take two Matt Milanos on the field any week. You you have two guys Seriously, that know yeah. where the ball is going to be, both in the air and on the ground, and they know when to shoot the gaps. Yeah, you're a little bit undersized, but again, with the way the Bills' defensive line is playing, this might be a better setup at linebacker than if we had just a you know a full big body guy like a Tremaine Edmonds. And that's not me saying. Terrell Edmonds is, or Terrell Bernard is better than Tremaine Edmonds. It's just saying he he does provide something different, and maybe that's what the Bills want from their defense right now. Yeah, I mean, and then this is something to worth mentioning, right? Is the fact that they are they they change defenses, right? Like it's the same basic idea, right? Because like Sean McDermott hired Leslie Frazier for a reason, um, but I do think that there are obvious changes from what Leslie Frazier has done versus what Sean McDermott is currently doing. And I think at a certain point, you, I, I, I kind of wonder like during the offseason, maybe there was a point where they just said, look, what we want from this defense now is at maybe at middle linebacker is different than what we're getting out of Tremaine Edmonds. And what we, what we have with Terrell Bernard or what we think we probably have with Terrell Bernard might fit better with what we want to do. Or maybe it's just a case of Sean McDermott recognizing, look, obviously we can't pay Tremaine Edmonds what he wants because it was a stupid high contract. Well-deserved. But, like, you know, 
if that's the case, then we need to adjust to what we have. And what we have in Terrell Bernard is obviously very different than what we had in Tremaine Edmonds. So I'm not going to try and put a, a Tremaine, uh, a Terrell Bernard uh, peg into a uh, Tremaine Edmonds <laughs> hole because that doesn't make any sense. But what we can do is allow him to pl- is allow Bernard to play the type of game that he's good at which is allowing him to play in zone, keeping him clean so he can shoot gaps and 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 work the the offensive line, sift through the trash and make tackles for loss and just make plays on the ball. Like this this was a good linebacker when he played at Baylor. It was just that he didn't play a ton because he was hurt and and like to, to be honest, like a couple of different changes when he was at Baylor, right? Going from Matt Rule to uh Dave Aranda and all that sort of stuff. Um, and obviously he changed positions at a certain point, but like they're, they, they have Terrell Bernard and he's playing well. And I think it's a probably in part because of the fact that they're letting him play well. It's not that they're, they're not trying to get him to fit a role that he doesn't fit into. They're playing, they're letting Terrell Bernard be Terrell Bernard. I think that's the sign of a really, really good coach. And as Steve Noble says right here, it's been very inspiring that we have stopped the run. Bernard out there is a much better matchup against Miami. So first of all, run defense, really good. Like just really, really good through the first couple of weeks. I understand there was that big run against the Jets, but like outside of that, it's been a really good run defense. You hold an NFL running back last year's, uh, leading rusher, and obviously Josh Jacobs. Uh, the the Raiders' office as a whole does not look great, and uh, the the game on Sunday night kind of uh, reemphasized that. Um, outside of Devontae Adams, who is just amazing um, and deserves better than this god awful team, um, but like holding any NFL team or any NFL running back to negative two yards is ridiculous, and and outside of a a big run against the Jets. Brees Hall was mostly kept in check along with the uh, aging Dalvin Cook. And then against the the Commanders, I mean, they had a couple of decent runs because Brian Robinson is a good player and he can create yards and, and lean in through contact and pick up yards after contact. But for the most part, it wasn't really a threat. Like it, it really wasn't anything major that that threatened how the Bills played their defense. They shut down the run and made the the Commanders' offense super one dimensional. And because of that, you get a bunch of turnovers and you get a bunch of sacks. That 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 that's how this works. This is a great thing, and it's a great thing leading into again going back to what Steve Noble said, sort of um, going into the, this game against Miami, where they just scored seventy points and had. A whole bunch of rushing yards with guys like Moster and Ashane. Like, this is a good sign to me because even though the Dolphins have been playing well on off and super well on offense, that offensive line is still a question mark, yeah. right? And, and like, even though you have Teron Armstead who played last week and looked his normal, um, dominant self as you would expect from Teron Armstead, they also. I, I want to check in on that injury status for Connor Williams, who hasn't been playing well to start the season, but it also meant that Liam Eichenberg had to move to center, which is not good not if good. you're Miami. That is not a good sign if you're Miami. Um, and so, and and we'll, we will eventually get a little bit more into Miami, but we <laughs> want to talk a little bit more about the Commanders game. Um, 
So let's move on. Do you have anything else to say about the defense? Yeah, I'm sure you do. Just, just one, like one major thing. So coming into the season, right? We, everybody, including me, including you, like every Bills fan said, there's only one weakness on our, our defense. It's our middle linebacker. And right now, if that's our biggest weakness with the way that Terrell Bernard's playing, it just goes to show how good this defense can be. It, it's kind of incredible to think that, that that was our biggest weakness on defense and it's playing at that level. Yeah. And now, you know, when we go and speak about the offense here, we're going to talk about what we perceived as the biggest weakness on the offense, which is still, there's still a question mark at right tackle, but the sure. two biggest question marks that the bills had are playing well enough. If not great at this point in time, I'm not saying Spencer Brown's playing great, but he's playing well enough for the offense to kind of do what they need to do on a given okay. week. And Terrell Bernard is playing, you know, at points, out of his mind. I, I mean, there's no other way to describe what he did this week. He he played out of his mind. He's he's if he's not defensive player of the week, then that award's broken, and I don't understand. <laughs> it. Yeah, I agree. It was it was really just a phenomenal performance, top to bottom, from uh, the Bills' defense, defensive line, the linebackers, the defensive back. It was really just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. And Trey Trey White's pick was like an old school Trey White pick, like right in front of the row. Vintage Trey White. It was so great to see that. I mean, in the end zone, just a great, great play. It's really, really fun. It Um, reminded me of that that Dolphins one from a few years ago. Yes, I was thinking about that. It was was so similar, just right in the red zone, jump right in front. It was a great, great play by Trey White. Um, Let's move on to the offense. And actually, let's start with what you just talked about with the offensive line, right? They had a tough matchup against the Washington defensive line. They had, you know, Gerard Payne, John Allen, you have Chase Young and Montez Sweat. This is a, 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 a tough group to contend with. And really, for the most part, they did a really good job against them. There were some plays early on that Washington got the better of. A couple of second and long runs where the, the defensive line just took took care of business for, for Washington. They just stuck with it. They didn't panic. They didn't get themselves into a tizzy. They they really did a great job all the way through the game of neutralizing Washington's defensive line. And look, there were a couple of plays where Josh Allen had to make a play, and he did, um, from Washington's uh, pressure, but... That's fine, right? Like that happens. And again, when you're playing against a great defensive line, that's just going to happen, right? At some point, stuff like that is going to happen. And when you have a guy like Josh Allen, you feel confident in him making a play against that type of pressure as long as it's not happening all the time. Like it felt like was happening last year a lot. Now you have an offensive line that is protecting the pocket better. You have – schematic changes from Dorsey that are allowing Josh Allen a little bit more time and ability to scan the field or just create plays. And it's, it's working. They really did a very good job of neutralizing what was easily Washington's biggest strength coming into this game across the board, right? Was if they're going to win this game, they're going to need like an, an A plus performance from that defensive line. And it's not to say that their defensive line played poorly. They're a talented defensive line. They did what I think they were supposed to do. But Dorsey did a great job of scheming against them. And Allen made plays when they uh, were able to create pressure. 
And outside of that, they were mostly neutralized by the offensive line playing well. So this is such a great sign because, again, moving into next week against the Dolphins, Dolphins have some really good players. Obviously, Christian Wilkins is very good. Jalen Phillips is very good. Bradley Chubb has potential, though I haven't mm-hmm. seen it with the Dolphins yet. <laughs> um, and Zach Seiler is a very underrated player for that team. But for the most part, is this a better defensive line than what the, the commanders have? Probably not. No. So to me, I feel very confident moving forward after this performance by the Bills offensive line. And it goes to show like, this is why you bring in someone like Aaron Cromer, because he's doing a great job of, of getting guys to learn great technique, to neutralize great threats in front of them. And, and, and McGovern, who had a great game yesterday yeah. against Jonathan Allen. I think Brandon Thorne also mentioned that. Um that that was probably his best game as a pro to to do what he did against Jonathan Allen. And listen, McGovern has played against Jonathan Allen a lot because he came from the Cowboys where they played Jonathan Allen twice a year. So Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I'm guessing he probably didn't look like that in those games yeah. against with the Cowboys against the Commanders. So I think it's a really great sign that somebody like McGovern, who has been in the league for a while, is improving his game with the Bills and with Aaron Cromer as his offensive line coach. I'm going to shout out real quick, uh, just the tip of canoe, still one of my favorite names on here. Um, I had a Facebook memory today from 2011. We beat the Patriots to improve to 3-0. We lost eight of our last nine games. CJ Spiller did not take us to the promised land. Um, thank you for the $5 tip. <laughs> Just the tip of canoe. We are grateful for that. Um, yeah, very glad it's not 2011 anymore, and I'm not relying on um, is CJ Spiller going to be our guy at running back this year? <laughs> Jesus, what, a life. what a time. Yeah. <sighs> um, just, just, to, just to kind of go back to the offensive line real quick. The uh, one thing that kind of has stood out for me, like in the way kind of monitoring the season and stuff, is like the Bills' defense is playing extremely well. I don't think we've really played a good offense right so far. So I, yeah. I, I kind of look at that with a grain of salt, right? The Bills' offensive line has played pretty damn well, and we've played some really good defensive lines. Like the Jets have a very good defensive line. I think the Commanders have a better defensive line. And then when we play the Raiders, they at least have Max Crosby. He exists. So in all of those games, outside of the Jets one, whether it be schematically, whether it be the way people are blocking up front, or whether it be Josh Allen's decisions, you know, we'll take out week one for Josh Allen's decisions. But you can see pieces that are working and it's proven against really good competition. So that's to what you were saying, confidence moving forward. When the Bills go and play, you know, the Dolphins next week with Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, et cetera, et cetera, and whether or not they're going to send a blitzer or what have you. I trust this offensive line because I saw what they did against the commanders. I trust that Ken Dorsey can scheme down pressure, which we couldn't do in the past. At the last year when we played the Dolphins both times, Josh Allen was under duress every single play. Like he was, it was a disaster. And now you look at a player like Connor McGovern, who 
is getting better every single week. You look like at a player like Osiris Torrance, who's getting better every single week. And then you look at Spencer Brown, who the Bills are finding ways to provide enough help to where he can be a sufficient right tackle. And suddenly maybe in Josh Allen's career, this is the best offensive line he's had, or at least a good offensive line. And we've never seen Allen with what I believe is a good offensive line, which has the ability to completely flip the script on how this season's supposed to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a great sign that they have done a good job with this offensive line and that you're, you you just sort of feel like the, the improvements that they've made have been very obvious, right? You're not just sort of waiting like, all right, well, we're still waiting for Connor McGovern to play well or, you know, is this really better than Roger Saffold was last year? <laughs> Yes. The answer is unequivocally through three weeks. Yes. Um, and and honestly, even Spencer Brown, Spencer Brown is not playing like out of his mind or anything. Yeah. It's not like he's been playing amazing football, but he's playing better than what he was last year. And obviously I think being removed uh, a year from that back injury has helped having a full off season with Cromer healthy is helping him. I think that, you know, it's really just a good improvement. It's what you want. And again, I think we probably talked about this at some point coming into the season of just like, look, Spencer Brown does not need to be some all world, all pro type of player. What he needs to be is just better and not be this turnstile. The same sort of thing with McGovern, right? If he just isn't going to be this ridiculously bad player, that Roger, Roger, Roger Saffold was last year, um, then you're going to see a lot of improvements. And not only that, let's also talk about the rookie Osiris Torrance, right? Who has yeah. been great through a couple of weeks. Uh, he really is. He, it's, it's amazing that this, this was a second round pick. I mean, he was really, really good coming out of college. Like, there, I understand there were some concerns just sort of based on his size and his ability to move in pass protection. I think those concerns are valid. I think those are still things that are concerning for him, but he's obviously improved and obviously going to a, a, a team like the Bills with Aaron Cromers has helped him sort of accelerate his growth. But it takes two to, to grow. Essentially, you need somebody to teach you and you need somebody to learn. And for him to be able to improve his game from where he was at Florida to um, where he is now as a pro. And again, this is somebody who started off at Louisiana, right? University of Louisiana fighting Cajuns transfers to Florida (laughs) with Billy Napier. And now is in the NFL. I I mean, I watched this guy at the senior bowl when, when we were down there with cover one, this was uh, to me, I said this after the first day, I thought he was the best player there. And quite frankly, I I think I'm validated in saying that. I think he's, he was just a great player there. He's improved since then. I really think this is going to be one of Brandon Bean's best picks if he keeps improving the way that he does and keeps playing the way that he does. Yeah, and with him, like I actually don't think the Bills were targeting a guard in round two. Um, mm. I think they took Dalton Kincaid in round one, and then in round two, my thought was they're probably going to go linebacker, you know, best linebacker on the board. But mm. then Osiris Torrance fell, and when Osiris Torrance is sitting there, they're like, "Could we use somebody to better protect Josh Allen?" Yes, 
So why don't we just put put this asset into this player? And he's been well worth that pick. And and this just again beats down another narrative that a lot of Bills fans had this offseason. We've already beat down the Terrell Bernard one, or at least are starting to three weeks in. The other one is that the Bills don't play rookies. Osiris Torrance is your starting right guard. That's job is almost solely to protect your franchise quarterback. And he's done a damn good job, both both in the pass and the run game as well. He's he's opening up holes. There's a couple plays yesterday where you could see him just bowling people downfield. Like he's just so powerful that when he gets his hands on people, he can push them deep. And it's it's just it's impressive to watch that again it's a lottery ticket essentially a draft pick, but one of those lottery tickets at least is paying off um if not multiple of them at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a great thing when you can have a rookie contribute right away, like what Osiris Torrance is doing. Like, with someone like um, Dalton Kincaid, right? Like, it's sort of like he can contribute right away, but with all these different weapons in this offense, it's not going to be every single week with Dalton Kincaid. Some days he's going to get five catches, and some days he's going to have, like, one or two. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> but with Torrance, when you're on the offensive line, you're playing 100% of the snaps. Um, and if you're going to be that type of player, you need to be worth playing. And through three weeks, Torrance has been worth playing more yep. than worth playing. He's been he's been great. I mean, it's, it, yep. it really has helped solidify that interior, which was such a problem last year. And the fact that the Bills have, um, I think uh, this is something that Eric has pointed out. Um, the Bills have been running some six offensive line sets, right, with an extra offensive lineman. And they've been very successful with that six offensive lineman set. And whether that's – I think yesterday they used David Edwards on one of those plays. Um, I would imagine Ryan Bates because that's sort of how he came into being a starter with the Bills was being that extra lineman on the, those sort of sets. But if the fact that they have depth at those positions is also impressive because so many other teams would love to just have some of these guys as starters. I think, I think there's a number of teams that would be like, what would, what what should have we given up for Ryan Bates? Like why we're, why why should, are we sure we should have just let this go? Um, You know, it's, it's really impressive. It's a great job by this Bill's front office retooling, this offensive line the way that they needed to. And while I'm still not um, all that confident in Spencer Brown as a whole, um, and I wish that they had done more to uh, sort of ensure that particular position, I do think that this is a really good um, offensive line as a whole. And I think Spencer Brown has been playing better. And it's a good thing that he is sort of, for the moment, rewarding their faith in him, uh, because I, I that really didn't make any sense. And and yeah, you know, this is sort of a results over process sort of thing right now. And there is a sort of I wish they would have done a little bit more earlier. You know, getting Jermaine Effetti is fine, um, but I kind of wish they had done something a little bit earlier rather than like a yeah you know, something better than a branded yeah. shell, let's say. Yeah. Um, but but overall, like the, the offensive line improving is it's been really, really great. Yeah, and and, and 
also some credits out here to Ken Dorsey as well. Like the schematic changes that he's making are helping the offensive line and making Josh Allen at least play within himself where he's getting the ball out quicker means that these guys don't have to block forever. He's staying inside the pocket, which means these guys don't have to scramble to block somebody when Josh is rolling out to the right, not saying he doesn't do that. And he should continue to do that because it is, incredibly dangerous when he does that another part to it too those trap plays they're running with james cook they might not work every time but at a minimum they make those defensive ends and those defensive tackles think so on a given play sure maybe the bills only get a yard out of it but throughout the game that wears on the opponent over and over and over again both physically and mentally and that helps towards the end of the game with like say spencer brown he's he's got the defensive end and more on his heels than just full-on bull rushing at, at, at josh allen so it's just kind of watching Ken Dorsey also evolve this kind of chess game. Josh Allen playing a little bit more, I guess, complimentary football might be the right word mm-hmm. for it. He's not just, it's not just him right now. It's the entire team and he's doing things that make other people's jobs even more easier now. Yeah. And I kind of, on that point, right? So the idea that Josh Allen is playing more complimentary football, I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, because of what Ken Dorsey is doing, right? Last year, the complaint about Ken Dorsey, or at least what I felt was the most common complaint about Ken Dorsey, was that there seemed to, the the plan seemed to be this play that we've designed is going to work, or we're going to rely on Josh Allen making some sort yeah. of heroic play. That seemed to be the narrative, and for the most part, I felt like that was probably relatively accurate, and uh, like. It felt like they were relying a little too much on Josh Josh Allen to be Superman. Whereas right now, it feels like they are allowing Josh Allen to be Josh Allen. They are setting up Josh Allen to be successful. And when the play is not going to work, he has a way to get out of it without being Superman. Like you see yesterday, right? They're setting up plays for it to work. And, like, for the most part, the offense wasn't, like, amazing yesterday. But they did what they needed to do. And they didn't put themselves in bad positions. Which is important when your defense is playing as well as it is. Don't put your defense, which is playing great, in a bad position. And with the offense, I mean, there were times where, like, Diggs got a ton of catches yesterday, as he should. Um, And But outside of that, it really wasn't much. But... When he needed to make a play, when he needed to do something other than throw to digs or just when, when something was covered up, he could take off and run. And now that that's not the only thing to try and get defenses to like be out of position or whatever, like when that's not your only counter, suddenly Josh Allen running isn't so much of a bad thing. Right. And it, is, it also helps that they bring in guys like Damian Harris and Latavius Murray to take mm-hmm. off the load of Josh Allen being the short line or the short yardage goal <laughs> line running running back. Um, because now you have Murray and Harris to do that. And you have James Cook in between that, who is playing well as a as the lead back essentially. And I think they're also, as a side note, really divvying up the shares between Cook and Harris and Murray really, really well, where like Cook is clearly the guy who's the number one guy and Harris and Murray are playing each other's complimentary roles really, really well and getting yards where they need to do. They had that third and four run with uh, Damian Harris 
super well blocked. Really good job by Harris getting that first down. Like, this is what you want. This is exactly what this running back room should look like. Complementary to each other and complementing this pass-first offense. This is exactly what I wanted to see from Ken Dorsey in year two, is marked improvements in how you help Josh Allen. And, and that is a really, really great sign for this for this team as a whole. Yeah, and and I think yesterday kind of perfectly exemplified all of kind of what you just said. It's here, we can run the ball when we need to with our three backs. You, Josh, most of the game, you can just hit Stephon Diggs over and over and over yes. again, and we can move the ball down the field. And every once in a while, something's going to open up where you can show off that arm. And he did it multiple times yesterday. You know, that it's not getting enough shine, but that Gabe Davis touchdown to the left side of the field, that's a perfect ball. Like, and it's yeah. absolutely thrown on a rope. That, it, Absolute it was such a looks, dismissal. Yeah. Looks like a simple pass. Like we, we're I've become feel like we've become so accustomed to Josh Allen that we see that and we're just like, ah, it's a Josh Allen. Talk. No, that right. was an absolute ripper. It was yeah. and it was just a beautiful throw. Not to mention the one where he's on the run and he just flicks his wrist and it goes, I don't know how far, 40 yards, let's say. I I mean you're seeing him be allowed to be like Clark Kent for the majority of the time. And every once in a while kind of take off his clothes and all of a sudden he's Superman and makes a play. And I love it because that's what the bills need to do. Not only to be successful on a more consistent basis offensively, but also to keep him safe. Like I, I don't want him getting hit. It was great to see him slide yesterday. Um, These past two weeks, they played really good football. They're going to have to play really good football here uh, come Sunday. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, so this is, I would say, the best team that the Bills are going to face so far through mm-hmm. four weeks. This is the best team the Bills have faced. And it's also the best team the Dolphins will have faced so far. Um, yeah, the Dolphins went into a huge shootout against the Chargers in week one. End up coming out of that with a win. They go to New England in week two. New England does a pretty good job defensively. I, I mean, really, as, as as good a job as you could, probably could have asked from that defense. Um, they kind of escape from New England with a win. They annihilate <laughs> from top to bottom the Denver Broncos, who are looking – about as tire fiery as the bears, which is kind of funny because they play each other on Monday night next week. (laughs) Um, So now you have the dolphins coming into Buffalo. It's going to be a very, very interesting fight between these two teams because both of these teams are feeling themselves and rightfully so. And the Tua is, playing his best football and it's not even close. I mean, at no point in his career has Tua played this well to the point yesterday he's throwing a no look shovel pass with his right hand. I mean, that's, that's what you do when you're just like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> that's what you do when you feel a hundred percent confident in yourself. So this Dolphin scheme, I think is very difficult to defend. I think Mike McDaniel is a great play designer and a great play caller. You have great weapons in uh, Tyree Kill. If Jalen Waddle can play, he's going to be, again, another very difficult matchup with him. You have two really capable running backs in Devon Ar- Achain. Achain is the name, right? Achain? 
Is that how you say they that? Just cha- I, I don't, they just, cha- he just changed it today. So I'm not sure which one's correct. I forgot. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it's not Shane until I hear otherwise. Um, and Raheem Moster, who, you know, had some really great runs against this defense last year. Yeah. So I think that for me, you got to start with this run game because it's varied and it's tough. And you have two very, very fast running backs there. You have to force the Dolphins to be one-dimensional, which, you know, sounds like a nice idea until you realize that being one-dimensional still means that you have to cover Tyreek Hill and probably Jalen Waddle, which is about as hard as you can get um, yeah. in terms of being one-dimensional <laughs> because they're they're both wide receiver ones, right? Like, if you put Jalen Waddle on, another, on most other teams, he's a wide receiver one pretty easily. Yeah. He is a phenomenal player. It's just that he's playing, you know, 1B to, uh, to Tyree Kills 1A. It's 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 a, a very difficult offense to defend. So I expect Miami to score and score a decent amount of points against the Bills. I think that, you know, I could easily see this being like a 30-point game for Miami. I think it's yeah. possible. Yeah, I also think the Bills can still win if Miami scores 30 points because mm-hmm. I think this defense is not all that great. I think that, um, you know, their secondary is kind of ho-hum, whatever. Javon Holland is amazing um, yeah. and has been playing amazing through the first couple of weeks. Uh, Jalen Phillips is somebody who is a great player, but he also got hurt in this in yesterday's game, if I remember correctly. So his status is a little bit unknown right now. Christian Wilkins, we know what he can do. Um, like we talked about, Zach Seiler is another solid player. So this offensive line has their work cut out for him for them. And they also added David Long in the offseason, who is just a perfect linebacker for this Vic Fangio type of defense. So I want to see this Bills offense be a little more aggressive than they have been in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I want to see them really start to attack. And, and, you know, Josh Allen, historically, we talk about Josh Allen not being great against the Jets throughout his career. The inverse is is totally true (laughs) with the Dolphins throughout his career. I mean, even in that loss last year, he threw for over 400 yards and just happened to miss on one play at the very end of the game. Mm Um, which is unfortunate, but it, it is what it is. He still played super well, and he played well in the second game in Buffalo. This game being in Buffalo does make me a little more confident, even though the you know weather is not really going to be a factor either way. But this is it's it's a tough matchup, and it's going to be the marquee matchup yeah. I think of Week Four by a wide margin. I <laughs> from what I'm seeing. Yeah, I I this game. <laughs> Like I trust, I trust Josh Allen to put up points. Like he, that's what he's done against the Dolphins. There's no reason for me to expect him to not do that. So really, what this game comes down to me, down to for me, is what Sean McDermott has planned for the Dolphins' offense. And I think we might see something weird happen this week with the Bills, where they say we're going to rush three, or we're going to go single high, and we're going to pack that box and force Tua to throw outside the numbers. Like the Bills, Sean McDermott is going to try to make Tua as uncomfortable as possible. That doesn't mean it's going to work. That doesn't mean it's going to work consistently. But if he can find ways to make Tua make a mistake or two, or kind of get off that, you know, that first, that second read, make him kind of question himself, stay in the pocket, 
no one's really put Tua under pressure yet this season. If the Bills can be the team that does that, then you might see a completely different offense. The one thing I'll say, and I can say this with damn near 100% confidence, they ain't scoring 70 points on the Bills. That's not fucking happening. (laughs) There is no way in hell Sean McDermott would allow that to happen, and nor this defense. Like The Bills defense has shown they're very good through the first few weeks. I'm really intrigued on how they're going to stop the speed that the Dolphins have. And, you know, we... Going back to Terrell Bernard, he might be a better fit in this game against this team than a Tremaine Edmonds was because of his ability to kind of play that pass coverage and play that safety role and drop backwards and maybe hop a pass in front of Tyreek Hill. So it's going to come down to to Sean McDermott versus really Sean McDermott versus Mike McDaniel. Who's going to be the better play caller? And whoever it is, that's who's going to leave this game not only with a W, but atop the AFC East because the winner of this is in first place. Yeah. And when you're looking at this division and and coming into the season, right, I think most people felt like the AFC North and the AFC East, those are the toughest divisions of football right now. And the AFC North, it's a little tricky right now, right? The Browns probably have the best defense in that division. And the Steelers are not that far behind them. But the Bengals are 0-2, and and the the reason their offense works is is hurt like Joe Burrow is hurt and he's playing hurt. And when you look at the Ravens, I mean the Ravens are a good team, but they they're they're dealing with injuries yet again, and they sort of blow this game against the Colts yesterday. Mm-hmm. They could have moved to three and zero and been in full control of this division, and they just blow that game. Now, you look at the AFC East; the the Patriots win their first game of the season. Um, their defense is playing extremely well, and we kind of knew that they were going to be good defensively. You have the Dolphins. We just talked about them. You have the Jets, who unfortunately couldn't even get off the ground because Aaron Rodgers destroyed his Achilles. Their defense is still really, really good, though, and will keep them in games. But overall, I don't think we're expecting the Jets to be what we thought they were going to be, right? So... This is the chance for the Bills. If they want to get that hot start, this is the time to do it. This is your chance to do it because we've all seen that end of the year schedule for them. It's a torrent of tough teams. Dallas, Philly, Kansas City. You got the, the I think, all three division po- opponents again near the end of the year. I think. Yep. Um yep. So it's going to be tough and you want to maintain that lead ahead of Miami for this division title for as long as you can, because Miami is a legitimately good team. That's going to win a lot of games this year, but if you can beat them right now and you get to that point near the end of the season, I think that you can beat Miami again. Oh yeah. So you have to just maintain that lead for as long as possible. Because if you don't, you're going to be in a constant back and forth for that division lead. It is a tough division for this, for the Bills. And, but I think it's ultimately going to come down to the Bills and the Dolphins. And um, if that's the case, you got to, you got to beat them this first time. You're at home. Your weather's really not going to be a factor as far as we know right now. Got to beat the Dolphins. Just, Just, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> and, and and losing like 
I, I, this is going to sound crazy. If the Bills lose this game, the season's not over. Like, there will be Bills fans that insist it's over. There's no chance of winning the division. That's not true. <clears throat> Saying that, though, this is a bigger game for the Bills than it is for the Dolphins. If the Bills drop this game, they're falling way behind the Dolphins at that point because you're talking about 2-2 two and two versus 4-0, and oh, where the Bills yeah. would be 0-2 oh in division and down head-to-head tiebreaker against the Dolphins. So this basically sets the Bills up where they would have to chase the Dolphins all season. If the Bills win this game, they put themselves in a spot where the Dolphins now have to chase them. You'd rather be the one that's being chased than the chaser, and the only way you do that if you're the Buffalo Bills is you go out there and take care of business at home on Sunday before you have to fly over to freaking um, London to play the Jaguars in an apparent home game. That's a whole Um, yeah, it's it. This is a a critical, critical matchup for the Bills, and it's it's ob- it's obvious, right? We all know that it's a division game. You you need to win your division if you want to win the division. You got to win the division games. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be a tough matchup again. This is the toughest team that either of these teams will have faced so far, and they present interesting challenges on both sides of the ball. It's tough. It's going to be very, very tough. So I think that I, it's I'm not going to do a score prediction right now because I think it's a little <laughs> too early and I don't want to think about it. But I it would not it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins win this game. It would not surprise me if the Bills win this game. It's a I think a genuine 50 50 matchup right now. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough battle for them. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? No, I think I think that's good. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us on the Cover One Roundup. We love seeing you all every week. If you are new to Cover One, first of all, thank you for watching. Second of all, hit that like button on your way out. Subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. You get content constantly. <laughs> really, we put out yeah. there's we have a great group of creators. We put out all sorts of stuff throughout the week. You'll have the air raid hour right after us. You've got uh, Buffalo Late Night on Thursdays. You've got Under Review with Joe DeRosa on Saturday. You've got the flagship show on, on Wednesday along with Disguise Coverage. you got the film room. You've got um, Going Deep on Tuesdays with Kevin and Mike. Got It's a full lineup of shows and content. We've got shorts. we got features. It's There's a reason why we're out here doing what we do. It's because we love the Bills and we love talking about the Bills. And we try to put out the best content that we can. And I don't think anybody else is doing what we're doing right now. Yes. So hit that like button, hit the subscribe, share it with your friends, family, loved ones, etc. Um, or even enemies, share it with them. See if they, they want to come over <laughs> to our side and whatnot. Um, and, you know, like us on social media, we're on you know, Twitter slash X, uh, Instagram, TikTok, like all Facebook. We're pretty much everywhere you want to be. And, we really appreciate any support you give to the channel and to Cover One as a whole. Again, another great way of supporting us is by joining Cover One One Pass for fifty-seven dollars. I think that's sixty. We're gonna have to update that graphic. I'm pretty sure it's sixty dollars a year now. But for sixty dollars a year, you get the shirt, you get the decal, you get a nice uh, letter from Eric and uh, Greg and Aaron. Um, you get all sorts of access to unique content and uh, Greg's breakdown of salary cap, which is phenomenal. It's it's all really great stuff. You get phenomenal, phenomenal content from from that. Um, in addition to all the stuff that you get for free with Cover One. So, uh, Uber, where can the people find you? 
uh, right here at, oh my God, I'm really not good at this, at Uberhanson <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, I'll be dropping my rooting interest posts on Wednesday over on Reddit. And then on Friday, every week is my matchup preview where I'll really dig into to Dolphins bills. And like you're saying, score prediction. I really don't know right now. I literally might pick the Dolphins to win this game. I've got to yeah. dive into it more. It, it, you <laughs> You could tell me Dolphins win. You could tell me Bills win. I'll be like, yeah, sure. I can see it. So it's going to be a fun <laughs> week, though. It's Twitter's going to be a bit of a disaster this week because you're going to have Dolphins fans, you know, feeling themselves, and you're going to have Bills fans doing the same. Um, be a bit of a bit of a uh, <laughs> fun week on that app for sure. You all can find me at D-F-A-U-X-Y on Twitter or at D-Foxy. Um, you can also find me after each game doing a post-game recap article. Um, if you haven't, Already check out the article. Um, it's on cover1.football. Uh, you also do a pre-game, you mentioned pre-game article as well. Yeah. So yeah, we got you covered. Pre, post, etc. We're here for you all. Um, thank you all for joining us here. We will see you all next week. As usual, go Bill, squish the fish. Thank you all. Bye bye.